And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, we are back from the other side of the Atlantic, from Paris and London. We have finally made it home, and we are back to doing what we do best, my man, Josh Thompson, because we are the best MMA podcast with combat sports and everything. No matter what anyone wants to say, they know it's the truth. It is 4.30 in the morning here on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just say our sleeping habits are a little messed up. You're lucky you're on the East Coast. That's so a little later in the day. But hey, I thought it'd be great to get this thing in. You thought it'd be great to get this thing in. I'm glad we're doing it. Uh, we were going to try to do it yesterday. But like I said, our, our sleep stuff is all messed up right now. But hey. It's nice to be home, sleep in our own beds, oh. spend, you know, spend time with family. And like, oh, it's been great, man. Good to be home. Absolutely. Two weeks a long time. Didn't two weeks a long time, John. Yeah, it was, it was more like it was almost like a whole month for me because I went from that, what we did in L.A. to San Jose, yeah. back to L.A., then to Hawaii. Then I came home for like four days and then to Paris and London. It's like, yeah. I've been home much. I like home. And the whole time, the whole time you you sold your house, so you were moving out, you're moving all your stuff out of your house into your new place, trying to set up your studio. Ooh, which fun. is what I'm going to go through right now in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking I hate know. you. I oh know. man, it's like oh, cuz I sold my gyms, so those are going to be gone. I'm going to be moving my studio as well. I'm not sure if I'm going to move it home or into uh into a location that I have just right down the way. So, we're going to figure it out in the next couple of days. See, and I gotta be, I gotta be really good. I can't, I can't even like zing you or anything because you've been pretty good with me and all the crap that I've been going through <laughs> that you've had to wait on. So no, it's all good. Good. It's all good. It's all right. I just gotta get. Man, something's going on with the Denali, and that thing is killing me, man. It's killing me. There's a thing it's called the lemon either. law, and you yeah, need to start looking it up because that some bitch <clears throat> has become a lemon. Yeah, it's becoming a pain in my ass. You so. can't get that thing running for 24 hours without it no. coming up with some new wonky thing. Nope, nope. <clears throat> I'm about to call Denali and just be our GMC and just be like, hey, something's going on. Like, it was literally not safe. I could be driving and the car will just shut off. <laughs> that scares the shit out of Hell me. I mean, yeah, you can't put your family I'm, in that. No, I've been lucky enough to be, I've been lucky enough that it's done it like at stoplights, but on the freeway, it hasn't done it yet. It just takes one time, though. It scares the <laughs> shit out of me. Yep, can't have family and friends in there, you know, just afraid something could happen. I so want to see, I want to see a, 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 a broadcast, the news, the helicopters above. Here's Josh Thompson parked, parked yeah. on the 101 freeway. <laughs> Just stuck hours. I mean, the first time I did it, I was stuck for two hours in the middle waiting for the tow truck. And the tow truck's like, I can't even put it in neutral. I was like, yeah, I tried to tell you that. Yeah, I know. You can't even move it. You can't even try to push it. Mm -mm. No, you can't push it until you put it in neutral, but it wouldn't go oh. into neutral. I was like, it's. He's like, yeah, just go underneath and do this. I'm like, bro, that's what you're here for. <laughs> that's why I call the tow truck yeah. guy. But it was, in, it was in the rain, too. It was pouring out rain at 5 in the morning, and I got stuck. It just stopped at a stoplight. never started. So Just tell him, hey, man, did you, did you see that certificate hanging on my wall from mechanic yeah. school? Yeah. You say, neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, hey, we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump into it. We're going to do uh, go. Bellator first because that was on Friday. Well, then we'll do the UFC right after, and that was on Saturday. John and I know you. I know we're coming to you guys late. I know you guys are going to yell at us in the in the comments section, but cut us a little bit of slack, man. We've been traveling all around the world. It's nice to be home, and uh, we look forward to doing these shows. So uh, let's keep some positivity going throughout Ooh, this uh, throughout this show and in the comments. 
All go. right, guys. I know I've been reading. I've been reading those comments. You know, I like. You know, I was like, I like him. Hey, every time he John does, looks over, I catch him and I go, "What are you doing?" He goes, "You know what I'm doing? Oh, <laughs> reading the comments." <laughs> oh, that's great. Everyone's telling me stop reading them. I'm like, why? Like, I don't take anything to heart. It's not. I'm not that person. Ask John. Nope. I don't uh, take anything to heart. No, so. I tried. I tried to get it under podcast Dave skin with the whole thing when. You know, with the... He's different though. He's a millennial. It's easy to do that. <laughs> I get it, dude. I give him credit because I'm I'm reps head. Hey, why don't you go to you fucking coward bastard, right? And he just goes, John. I, I don't know if you know that I'm a red belt in judo. And <laughs> in I judo. know Cobra Kai. <laughs> oh, I love it, John. Uh, oh, dude. It's I, true. Oh, it's man. true. He bought it online. Uh, I'll have toss you to the to the deep depths of hell. No, Ooh, wow. there it is. There it is. You pulled that line right out of a movie. Deep Which movie was that from? Of hell. <laughs> what right. movie was that from? Uh, uh, could have been, right. been any. Cry, he's like he's like Bane. I was born in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the uh, Bellator and let's go right to the main event so we can get the uh, the nastiness right out of the way. <laughs> Whoa, let's go. Well, let me hear what Woo. you thought. The show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag brings you all your gambling, all your betting, all for all sports. We've got baseball, football, basketball. Basketball's in the playoffs right now. And I just watched Game 7 last night of the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames. That freaking game was insane. Went into overtime. That young, young goalie for the Dallas Stars. It felt so bad for him, man. <laughs> in overtime, he had some nasty blocks and some great saves. Just came up short, let one slip by over the shoulder. But hey, go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code Wayne in to give you a little extra spending cash with your first initial deposit. There's a QR code right there. Okay, the podcast Dave's gonna put up for you guys. Use that QR code that'll take you to our site where you guys just type in our promo code Wayne in, and they'll give you a little extra spending cash. The playoffs, the basketball playoffs are going on right now. You got the Suns dropped, they're out. Boom. You got the Bucks, they're out too with Giannis. They're gone. You get the Celtics and the Mavs that's stuck in there. So there's some money to be made on these big time sites. So make sure you go to mybookie.ag, hit that promo code Wayne in. Well, it's not really even so much what I thought is that I was talking with Logan Storley after the fight. I talked a little bit with MVP as well after the fight, but Logan brought up a good point. He's like, look, we don't realize how fast somebody is. You see it on TV. Like, why can't this guy do this? Why can't this guy do that? And He's like, he's just, he was extremely fast. He's like, I just couldn't believe. He's like, and he would hit me from far away, plus the speed. He's like, I had to time everything. He's like, and even then, my timing was way off on the takedowns. So I, he's like, it was super frustrating to fight him. He's like, and then the other thing is that he's so long that every time I took him down, he would post on his hand and his hips were up. He's like, it didn't matter how high I got my hips, he was still taller and longer than me. So his hips were higher than my hips and I couldn't get him back down. You know, because hip high always means you're winning the wrestling match. Well, it was hard for him, man. And I understand. I get what you're saying now. Everyone's like, oh, you got to take chances. Not against somebody like MVP because he's still got a lot of cardio in there. Like He's always in shape. He's always pushing. He kept trying to get up. He just wasn't able to get up. And I know know it wasn't a good fight. Like, it wasn't in terms of, you know, excitement for people at home. We all know that. We're not here to – I'm not here to say that either. (laughs) <laughs> and so, but look, there's times when you, you fight certain fighters that you got to do what you got to do. We've said the same thing about Colby T- Covington on certain guys. You want to make sure you don't want to take those chances. If Col- when, uh, Colby fought Mazarol, you could say it's, you could say it's, uh, you could say it's boring, but realistically it's fighting. 
It's effective. You know, that's what it, that's exactly what it is, John. It's effective. And, like I, I don't know how many people came. You know, twi- Twitter, or whatever it is. You know, I can't believe you scored that for Storley. Let, let me make this as clear as I can for you. That's the scoring criteria. No matter what we want to say, and, they, and the whole thing they're always saying, you're always saying damage. Of course, we're looking for damage. Did you see any? Because MVP didn't damage Logan, and Logan didn't damage MVP. So really, you've got a guy in the stand-up, and at times, MVP is hitting Logan, and he's hitting him with clean shots at times, but nothing that has damaged him. Mm-hmm. And then you have Storley coming in, getting a takedown, and the majority of the round becomes a grappling. Well, the criteria tells you, you go with what took place more. Pretty simple. It was the grappling. Who was the more effective person with where the fight took place more? It was Logan Storley. It all comes down to, and I'm, and I'm not saying I'm saying this almost in a, the sarcastic way is, look, you cannot like what Logan did, but it's effective because yeah. it kept MVP from being able to do what he does, and he is dangerous, and he wasn't able to use any of that when he was on the canvas, on his butt, putting his back against the cage. I liked everything he did. But the one thing that he couldn't do was get himself up off of the ground, onto his feet, and away from Logan Storley in any of those takedowns. And that was the difference in the fight. And, we, and you can sit there and say, you know, oh, that's not that's not MMA. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay? Just telling you straight out, that is. Now, we all want an action-packed fight. I do. I would rather see that action-packed fight where it's going all over the place any day. But not every fight's going to be that. That's just the sport there's times when you have great fights and there's times when you you know it can be mostly on the feet you know carla esparza versus rose namajunas mostly on the feet boring yeah it you know it just happens and it's you know is it is it the ufc's fault for putting on that fight no you know it's not that's a fight that needed to happen just like this one needed to happen it just didn't end up the way you want it to in the end come out yeah, you look at both. You use the Carlos Esparza fight as an example. I mean, that fight there was that neither one was engaging. At least, like these, these were both engaging. That's what put them in situations to be wrestled. Good but, point. Uh, look, I'm not, I'm not here to take anything away from those two uh, females. They did a great job fighting, and they had to do what they had to do to try to get the win. Carlos sure. could have wrestled more. Rose could have thrown more punches. It could have been a lot different of a fight. You know, um, that's the way it goes. Logan was wrestling, but he was waiting for the right time because you can't reach and lunge in. Otherwise, you're going to get knocked <laughs> out. Get clipped. And I, like, I've said this before. I've dealt with guys that were this fast. And like one of them, I, can, I continue to mention because he's one of my good friends and I'm one of my main training partners for years was Thomas Diange. It was so frustrating to get hit by him. Side kick, back kick. I mean, obviously, he didn't throw a lot of spinning head kicks. Thank God. A lot, my career would have been a lot shorter. You know, I mean, it was it was embarrassing sometimes to watch me spar this guy, and so he's really explosive. Look, uh, uh, what's it called, Andre Fialo? I used to spar with him too. He's another guy, just like man, explosive. He posted a video, and I tried to tell everyone that, bro, I've there's I've seen him take down DC, and Andre Fialo posted the video of him taking down DC multiple times because I remember getting just ripped on, going, man. There's no way he took him down. No way a 70-pounder took down. I was like, no, no, it, it happened. It, it happened. It's training. It happens. It's part of training. But in this, and look, I got off track. But in this in this case, 
Michael Venom Page is still there in the fifth round. I had Michael Venom Page winning rounds three and four, so I had it a lot closer than most. I don't know what you scored it as, no, John. That's I fine. was watching Cage side. I can understand the three and four because it was Michael did a lot of good work at the beginning of the third round, and then he got taken down, so it's a matter of are you comparatively saying, well, you know what, it was he did better with his striking than Logan did with his graphic. Okay. I thought yeah. the fourth round was easy. That was easily Michael's round. Yep. Yeah, and that's exactly what I had. I had I gave MVP rounds three and four, and I gave uh, Logan the rest of the rounds. Now, I don't think it was a split. I think it was pretty clear cut. I thought the damage that MVP did with the striking was a lot more effective in rounds three. I know it was a short-lived part, but then Logan didn't do really a whole lot from the top because MVP was posted on his hand pretty much the whole time. People, it's very difficult to post up that high. And stay that way. And so that, that seems to be like, like as if he wasn't trying to get up. It's hard when someone's latched onto your waist and your hips. So he did a good job of avoiding damage by keeping his hips up and posted up on that arm as long as he was. Yeah, I mean, you, you could say that Page won the third because it's, it's a close round. He's did some good striking. Then there was the grappling. So you could say he won the third. He definitely won the fourth, in my opinion. But the first, second, and fifth... There was too much grappling. He wasn't able to land any strikes. He wasn't able to do anything. You know, I I know you know Scott Coker all of a sudden became you know the guy who hey you know I I don't agree. He he was judging the fight you know like other people will, and then he thought Page wins, not off the criteria. You can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, look, he's the interim champion. We'll see if uh, Amosov is able to come back, and I'd like to see that rematch because they fought before. But in a three-round fight, they fought. This would yep. be a five-round fight. Logan that was still a great fight. Good. It was a fantastic fight. It was like two yeah. ferrets rolling around on the ground. <laughs> Man, they just were getting after each other. There was some striking involved. They were both exhausted after three rounds because of all the wrestling, all the scrambles, all the submission attempts, all of those things. I yep. thought Amosov did win that fight, but it was close. Logan was. was also coming on in the third with the, with some good striking. But the story of the night was that Amosov was just having a little bit more of the threatening of the submissions in that fight. So if Logan does come back, I mean, not Logan, but Amosov does come back, I'd like to see that rematch. Now, the winner of Douglas Lima, if Amosov doesn't come back, and Jason Jackson, who is a teammate of Logan Storley, the two of them will have to fight if Jason Jackson wins. Now you're getting all those Difficult situations where both That's guys train the same thing. The the guy who's their trainer, Henry Hoof, now he's not going to train anybody. It's a rough one. It's just it's rough. Tough, it's man. rough on everyone in the gym. But it is like it's business at that point. And if you're yep. Jason Jackson, you go, well, look, I, I want I want that belt. I want that championship pay. Mm -hmm. So I don't blame him. Yeah. No, no, I agree. And Logan was not upset about it at all when I talked to him. I said, you know, hey, because we talked to the fighter meetings. I said, hey, I got to throw it out there. And yeah. he just looked at me like, he's like, I knew it was coming. Someone was going to ask it. Someone was going to talk about it. He's like, so when I threw it out there, I was like, you know, if you win, there's a good chance that Amosov won't be back. And you're going to have to fight the winner of Jason Jackson and Douglas Lima. He's like, you know, I don't want Jason to lose to Lima. He's like, but <laughs> it's like that feeling. Like, I really don't want to fight my friend either. You're really torn. Yeah. So it's just uh, it's a guy he's sparring you know, with. I think, I think, how many times in the gym he he helps him train? It's yeah. it's a rough one, but yeah, they're really main training partners, is what he said. He's like the two of us yeah. are basically the ones that we train the most together. So, but I think uh, look, Logan did what he had to do. It wasn't the most exciting, we know that, and nope. uh, he knows that. But he's like, look, I didn't realize how fast he was, how long he was until I got in there. You see it on TV, but the TV doesn't show you exactly how fast he is. Yeah. So. 
how fast MVP is. All right, let's go, uh, Fabian Edwards, uh, Leona Machida. Come on. Uh, look, Fabian, he, he finally showed up to fight after the last two fights. I mean, I'm being honest, man. Like, he just, like yeah. he said in the fighter means, I just came out the last two fights just saying, like, hey, I'm just going to hear, just kind of guide you know cruise through it and i'll eventually get the knockout or i'll get the finish or you know i'll do enough to win each round you can't fight that way and in those two fights he didn't do enough to do it to win each round he lost and nope. so he came back with making people pay every time he came out of the clinch strike every time they came out of exchange he tried to finish with the combination last if if they came out of that punch combination he was trying to land the last shot he did something at every moment he possibly could it takes Fights like this, where you're fighting someone like a Lyoto Machida, who has a big name, who has been a champion, you know, in the UFC and other organizations, okay? He has been all around the world, fought all the best guys. It takes someone like that to sometimes motivate these young fighters to say, hey, if I win this fight, that lets me know that I need to be there. Now, I understand that Lyoto's getting older. John, you know that, okay? And he even knows that. We talked with him this week. He understands that. But... It really comes down at 185. I think he's a way better fighter at 185 because he's a, he's not a big guy. For 205, it's just too big. Yeah. you know. But 185, I think he's he's going to have to deal with the speed because he has slowed down. He mixes things up very well. But he also is just, it. Is, like you said, the speed is definitely a factor. Speed was always kind of one of his things. And then the feints and then the way he slides in, the kicks, the knees, all of those things. He could counter you a lot faster than you could you could throw your combination or your shot. Yeah. And that's what made him so good. Now that the speed is starting to go, I look at him like a Roy Jones Jr. When the speed of Roy Jones Jr. started slowing down, he had problems. He started getting knocked out because those guys could see everything coming. He was capitalizing on things. And that's kind of where I'm at with the Lyoto situation. Am I right or am I wrong? No, you're 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 hundred percent right. And it's hard it's hard to say because the guy can still fight, but you're seeing these times and, and, and in if you think about clinch situations. People don't look at Lyoto as like a guy that's good in the clinch. He was always good in the clinch, and he always landed good knees, and he landed good elbows and good short strikes up. And he was very slick. He got blitzed in the clinch, and that's where Fabian Edwards hurt him. Mm -hmm. A couple of times, he hit him with those elbows coming out of the clinch and the exits, and you went, oh, that hurt. And the one definitely hurt him. That's what started his downfall. But, you know, it's it's just part of the whole thing, you know. You got to give it to Fabian because, look, he fought a legend. He fought a guy that has been there and done that against the very best guys there have been. But there's always comes that time, you know, when Randy Couture fought Lyoto. You know, I remember before that fight, I was like, dude, you don't, this is not a good fight for you. Yeah. It's just not, you know, the guy's too fast. He's too elusive. And you, you're slowing down even more. And it's like, this is just not good. Well, I looked at this one and I thought, if Fabian decides that he's going to try to just counter strike, I think Machida's got a chance because it's going to be that slower paced fight. Machida's going to land the little dinks and donks, but it's not going to be an exciting fight. Fabian Edwards went out there. He was not just counter striking, he was leading the dance. He was going out there to put shots on him. And that's why he that's why he got the win the way he did. He made it happen, and you got to give it to him. That's the Fabian Edwards that everyone wants to see. Yeah. No, I agree. But this is, this goes back to what I was just saying is that every fighter is motivated motivated by whoever they put in front of you. You need yeah. someone to motivate you. If you want the best fights, you need to have that fight that motivates you. This fight motivated Fabian Edwards. I've, I couldn't say it enough about there's certain times where I would get a call and be like, yeah, we want you to fight this guy. I'm like, why? 
Like, why you want me to fight this guy? Like, Donald Cerrone's there. Why? Like, when the UFC would call me, like, we want you to fight this guy. And this guy, I'm like, why? Like, give me, give me Cerrone. Give me Pettis. Give me, give me somebody that. Yeah, like, it's not you like know, you're motor. asking for easy guys. You're asking yeah. for the hardest guys, but you're asking for someone that you can say, all right, this guy scares me a little bit. I, I have to get ready. I, I know that this guy can hurt me, and I need to do the things that are going to put me in a position to have a chance to win this fight. So I got to work my ass off. Yeah. Makes I sense. Agree. It's just though, there's certain there's certain fighters that you you've always had your eye on or that you respect a lot. You'd love them. You think you match up well with in terms of he can knock me out or he could submit me. But I think I can stuff his takedowns and I think I can knock him out. Vice versa. It's yeah. just it's there's always a threat and you feel that and that that little bit of extra energy gives you more motivation to train harder. Gives you more focus throughout your camp and uh, that's. That's what most most of these young fighters need. I need someone to you know to look up to and be like, hey, I need to I need to beat that guy. Yeah. This is a big fight for Fabian Edwards. Um, Conor Watanabe versus Denise Kilholtz. Man, I thought it was gonna be a repeat. Oh, of so did I. Watanabe. So I did like, I. She got frozen. Shit. She got the, frozen for that one second, for that one let, moment. Let me give you the difference though. Yeah. And I talked a little bit with Denise after the fight. She rushed in, put herself into the clinch. Liz yep. took a step back and That's showed right. her experience of just not rushing in, stayed long with the striking, and p was picking and choosing her shots after she rocked her. And every time Watanabe, she gets in trouble, she just puts her head down and starts reaching. Doing and the zombie arms. Yeah, exactly. But and she Denise was able to get that one collar tie on Denise, and that was all yeah. she needed. That's all she needed, and the rest was his. She got a nice little beautiful inside trip to get the fight to the ground. Yeah, that was nicely done. But I looked at Denise. I looked at what Denise did. She needed to do the same thing throughout. After that, why not be like, oh my god! Every time they came out, there was no chance. Shot, shot, shot. It was every time they just had a little bit of a break. She was ro dropping right back down on the legs, trying to get her down. And she has a way better shot than I thought she did. She shot. She shot a nice double leg to start the second round. I was like, oh wow. You know, and then pulled her back in, and it was nice. Nicely done and executed by Watanabe. Oh, it was. She's got one loss. Um, I don't know. John, I don't know, man. Like, where did she go? Like, do you have her fight Juliana Velasquez? Yeah. Or do you, you have can't... or do you have Juliana Velasquez get the automatic rematch? Well, I look at based upon the way that fight ended, I take you can take nothing away from Liz. Liz did nothing wrong. And she's in that position. She's fighting. Uh, as hard as she can, she puts the champion in a bad position. The referee stops the contest. Liz Carmouche did nothing other than her job. No, so she deserves she deserves everything that she's gotten. She deserves the belt. But Juliana, you got to look and say, she, she got, I don't want to say cheated, but there was a mistake involved in her now attaining her first loss of her career and losing her belt. Look at the belts themselves, no matter if it's the UFC's belt, Bellator's belt, the PFL's, they're all promotional belts. It's not the same as boxing, which is a sanctioning body that owns it. So, you know, it's no different than when the UFC says we're going to do an interim or Bellator with Logan Storley now and, uh, and we're going to do an interim. They can do that. It's their belt. And so I look at it and, yes, I do believe that there was a mistake made in Juliana losing her belt, but don't worry about the belt right now. Just make the rematch. Liz is the champion. Put Juliana in. I think Juliana's record should be unblemished. I don't think she should have the loss. We'll say that Liz Carmouche has the, has the belt. Put them back together. 
and just you know run it back it's the way it should be to be as fair as you can be to both fighters can you really erase a blemish though i mean like we've seen with sure. commissions they don't they don't erase that stuff john Come yeah on. yeah i know it's been, it this does happen well you know, and normally it's the you know the referee's the one that's got to say hey i made a mistake even sometimes that, I said, said even, still, even sometimes when they, they do, <laughs> even sometimes when they do, and they and you know they try to make it to where the commission doesn't isn't going to listen, yeah. and we'll see what happens. I know that Juliana's put in a uh, an appeal on that fight. We'll see mm. what happens with it. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, well, I think Juliana deserves an automatic rematch. I like to see the fight was actually to me. I thought the fight was good. They were having landed some strikes back and forth. Liz was winning that first round. Juliana, I think, dropped her, as I recall, in the first, at the end of the first round. Or was it the second? Maybe uh, she, she dropped, dropped her early in the, in the second. second. In the second, yeah. So I, I think I gave Liz. It was Liz and Juliana back and forth in the round. I'm not sure if I gave Liz the first round. I think I did. But then I gave Juliana round second and three. Yeah, I, I had three. it where if the round had gone to the end of the fourth, I would have had the fight even. 2-2. Two, two. I, I would have had it 2-2 two, two going into the fifth. Yeah. But yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, lo I would like to see that in a rematch. Let Watanabe either sit on the side, Watanabe lip, sit on the side, or have her fight somebody else in there, you know? Yeah. Who knows? All right, let's let's uh, let's talk. Hey, the retirement fight of Paul Daly versus Giacomo. Yeah. Who took the fight on what, 10 days notice, something like that? Two weeks notice? Two weeks notice. I thought he looked good. He I was did. actually, John, I was more impressed with how well he was doing. Now, he did get a little tired, you could tell, and that's what led to him getting back up to his feet. Uh, Paul Daly getting back up to his feet and making separation. Yeah. But, man, I thought he looked good. He had some nice takedowns. He was having some nice control. He was doing some work from the top. Paul was getting a little frustrated, as we've seen before in the past. You know, um, I've seen with when he fought John Fitch. He's yelling, oh, he's yelling at Bellator, yelling at Scott Coker while the fight's going on. I've seen Paul get frustrated before. Oh, yeah. And I was we'll seeing see a little it. bit of that frustration in his eyes during that fight, especially towards the end of that first round. He was getting frustrated. And then he got back up. Then in the second, sorry, then the second round started. And the same thing happened. And I could just see, like, oh, he was getting a little irritated, like, damn. You know, but then he was able to scramble, get back to his feet, make the space, do what he had to do. And it was just towards the end of the second round, he hit him with a nice shot, got him to go backwards, put his back to the fence. And that's not where you want to be with Paul Daly, man. Yep. He has he fly knees. He throws the kitchen sink. Just a beautiful job of just staying composed. I could see it was trickling up into his ass where he wanted to get frustrated. <laughs> you know, and but he just he stayed composed. He, he knew that Giacomo was gonna shoot the double leg again when he was down on his butt. He sprawled real quick, dropped it with his elbows, stuffed that takedown, let Giacomo get back up towards his feet and just started landing the shots as he was on his way up, keeping him covered. And, man, he's got power. He, this time it was with the right hand, not the left hand. Yeah, but that le the left hook to the body is what set the whole thing up as yeah. far as when Giacomo got hit with that. You could see it paralyzed him. And that led to that open hand of that right hand just crushing him. So, But it, that's a Paul Daly win. That's what you expect out of him. And, you know, and we, you know, we said it on the broadcast and, you know, a lot of people are going to go, oh, no. Look, that dude's got so many more knockouts than everybody else out there. Igor Vochanchin in the sport. Igor Vochanchin was a monster in pride. He was knocking everyone out. And, look, he fought everywhere and, you know, he fought in all these small promotions. But in, even in pride, he was just a monster. And, you know, and he had 60... 
I don't know, 66 fights and 29 knockouts. Paul's got 64 fights and 35. He's got six more knockouts with less fights. All right? Yeah. Vanderlei Silva was a knockout monster, 24. Chuck Liddell, who everyone looks at as a knockout guy, and he was. Chuck had power. He had 13 knockouts. You know, you could take Derek Lewis in the UFC right now, I think has the knockout record. You know, and I think it's somewhere around 13, 14. You know, it's not close. Wow. <clears throat> I remember Volchanchin fought this uh, judo, Egyptian judo guy, I believe. And was I think it was Volchanchin and knocked him out in pride. And he just like fell over like a tree. Oh, no, no. That was Francisco Bueno. No, oh, okay, okay. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, man. He, and he did. He And he hit him. <laughs> he, even as he was going down. He still landed shots on him. Doo, 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 yeah. doo. It was, was like, like, oh, my God. Holy shit. Yep. Wow. I mean, he was not a big guy either. He was probably, what, 5'10", 5'9", 5'10"? 5'8", 5'9". 5'8", 5'9". I'm but telling yeah, he, you. I better out of like It was a mini Fedor. Realistically, oh, yeah. like kind of around that time, like he was like a mini Fedor. He's, you know, yeah. he just had power in his hands, kind of tubby waist, thick fucking tree trunk thighs, just... Yep. Savage man, what a savage! But yeah, you look at you look at Paul Daly, and in here, people want to say, "Oh, he didn't fight anyone." Oh, he fought everyone, everybody he you could fight. He didn't care who he fought, man. Right. He fought everyone. I think the best part for me, the fights that I will always remember with Paul Daly, obviously, is the the number one is Nick Diaz. That fight in Strike Force, hands down, was probably one. It was the best one round fight I've ever seen. Now, on top of that fight, I look at to the the Hamasi fight. That was a two round fight. But it could, it could have, had there been a could little more been a time, it could have been a one-round fight. <laughs> but that was a back-and-forth battle, just kind of how the um, how the Nick Diaz fight was. He got dropped. He was in a lot of trouble. And at the end of that, when he settled his nerves, he's, he came back to finish that round. It was very impressive. And then he came out in the second round and just did work. And holy shit, man, what a fight. So if you guys haven't seen what Paul Daly can do, go back and take a look at those two fights. Those two fights were just absolutely some of the best fights I've ever seen in my life. And uh, and they all go to Paul Daly, man. He's he's a gamer. He didn't have to take that fight with Korshkov because he was supposed to fight Korshkov. Korshkov called him out. And he said, and, and before we before we even got off air for that fight, Paul Daly was already on Twitter talking trash. Said, you know what? <laughs> Scott Coker sent me the contract. Now, in a retirement fight, most people want an easier fight. I want to get the win. I want to leave on top. That fight would have not been an easy fight for him, especially oh, God, a three-round no. fight. It would have been a it's horrible a rough fight one. for him. A lot of wrestling from Korshkov, good good on the feet, spinning back kicks, all of those things. But Korshkov, would have, he would have wrestled a little bit more. He would have wrestled yeah. like Giacomo did. But his well, control that, on the top is That's nasty. the blueprint for beating Paul. How do you not use it? Yeah. yeah. No one wants to just stand. The only guy that really decided, oh, I'm going to stand with you and we're just going to bang, Nick Diaz. Yeah. And that's why you say that's the best one round fight in MMA history. And it was crazy. And Nick almost got put away multiple times. Yeah, it was crazy. How will you remember him as, or how would you remember him? What, what, <sighs> what sticks out in your mind on when you remember Paul Daly? You know, the one thing that I, I, I've always said, it. that's the guy that has the best left hand left hook of anybody I've seen in MMA. And I, and I mean that anybody. He threw a left hook so perfectly, so beautifully. So when I when I think of Paul Daly, it's a left hook, be it left hook high or left hook to the body. That's what I think of him, and a guy that just had God-given power. 
he could generate power at times that was just you know you don't it's it's that whole thing just same as logan storley with the speed of mvp you don't know until you know and when you get hit by paul daly all of a sudden you know and you're going holy shit that was the that was why his name was semtex he was explosive Yeah, I agree. I mean, I look at him, and I, I said this on the broadcast, man. He did it his way. His whole career, yeah. he did it his way. You know, and you can't take that away from anyone. He went where the money was. Sometimes he was forced to go where other places because of things that he had done. He wore his emotions on his sleeves, you know, and he fought with these emotions on his sleeves. And he just, he let it all hang out, man. He never left it. He always left it in the cage. He always tried to leave it in the cage. There was a lot of times where... He just wasn't able to escape the wrestlers. The wrestlers were his kryptonite, That's you know. Right. But, but when they, when they couldn't get him down, he showed why he was Semtex. You know, yeah. he just came out and he let the hands fly. He possessed so much power in his left hook. I agree with you. And that left hook to the body is what, like you said, started the whole thing against Giacomo. So um, I'm excited to see Giacomo back. Yeah, he's a good fighter. He's good. he's good. He's pretty big for the weight. You know, at 170, uh, he had some good wrestling, some good grappling. But the one thing that you and I had talked about was like he could not afford to stand right in front of Paul Daly and let Paul get off first. He had to keep shooting. He had to keep trying to get those takedowns. He had to stay inside clinch, you know, because the power of Paul Daly and the left hook and the right hand is just nasty. Yep. But overall, Paul, we're going to miss you, man. And uh, who knows, man? Hopefully we'll work with you again. You know, I think that might be a realistic uh, thing. Uh, Simon Biong, he impressed he impressed a lot against Luke Trainer. Simon Biong came out, did exactly what he needed to do. I know it was a unanimous decision, but there wasn't a minute of that fight where I had him losing. Maybe a there minute. There might have been the first minute of the fight. <laughs> yeah. I, think I agree with you. Yeah. Let's just be honest. You know, everyone is very high on Luke Trainer, and, and you talk about both these guys are just unusual when you know their background and you know what the, where they come from and what they do. Luke Trainer is a classy young man who helps other kids. He's he his dad uh, started him into foster parenting because his dad you know fostered a lot of kids. He was always part of being their big brother and stuff like that. And now he's doing it on his own, and he's got these foundations working. The kid is remarkable. He just ran into someone that all of a sudden that size was kind of comparative. I think he was still bigger, but it was comparative. And he ran into a guy that was, you know, in one of those positions where Simon Biong said, I got to win this fight. If I don't win this fight, you know, they're, they're not going to have me back. And he went after him. And he went, sometimes he went after him not that intelligently. Like he gets the mountain. He's doing the, what I call the, the Donkey Kong crush mm-hmm. of trying to do, you know, big hammer fists. It's take your time, pick your shots. But, you know, he talked about he's. You know, he wants to show, you know, what, you know, athletes from Cameroon will do, guys like Francis Ngano, and he wants to be someone that inspires the people from where he's at. But this is a guy that speaks three different languages. He's an art, he's a fine artist. He's got a fine arts degree. The guy is, he's unique because if you just talk to him, you would have no idea that he fought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just the way he can, he carries himself. And the same thing with Lou Trainer. same exact yep. thing. When they talk, yep. you're like, why are you fighting? You should be like... <laughs> <laughs> some history museum like teaching yeah, kids exactly. like, that's exactly yeah, both that's of it. them are so dedicated to to things outside of the cage and um you know look i'm looking forward to seeing simon beyond fight again i'm looking forward to seeing luke trainer fight again Absolutely. luke's got a lot of growing to do uh yep. we saw that in the fight 
You know, when he got mounted, he was just trying to like hammer fist from the bottom. Yeah. With, the, with that, with your body length, you should be pushing on the hips, hip escaping out because you can just shove them straight You're down your legs. hard to hold in that position yeah. if you use that length and if you, he didn't use it correctly. No, he didn't. But uh, overall, good fight, man. Dale Weissel versus Robert Whiteford. Uh, to me, I had it was a bad stoppage. It was a quick stoppage. Uh, overall, though, I mean, yeah, look, it was it was shaping up to be a good fight, but Daniel Weissel needed this. He needed this win. He needed to get keep on track. His loss to Pedro Cavallo was not where he what just was one of those things where it shouldn't have happened, you know? Um, yeah. But, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, Pedro's a tough guy. He just kept putting the pressure on him. Yale just was stuck in stone that night. He just wasn't letting it go. And yeah. uh, he was getting hit. He was getting taken down. He was getting pressed, you know, and just wasn't able to. So Robert Whiteford is a little upset, I would imagine. You know, I, I I can understand why Robert is upset, but I agree with you. I thought the stoppage was early. And the reason the stoppage is early is, and this is why you know, I tell people all the time, you cannot referee all fights the same. You need to understand that in this fight, Daniel Weichel being a veteran fighter, Robert Whiteford being a veteran fighter, look, and they are fighting for, they're fighting for rankings. Mm -hmm. This fight's got a lot going with it. And that's what, you know, allows them to ask for more on a contract, you know, get closer to title shots. This is one that you gotta you you gotta let that guy hang in there as long as you can. It got stopped. He got hurt, but he was still standing and he was reaching out trying to get a hold of Weichel. And if he's in that position, he's reaching out, you gotta let him go, man. You just can't stop it in that. So I agree with you. I thought it was uh, a little bit premature, you know. It's but that's just but this what is what happened, John. This this is what happened with the ref, and and I've seen this happen a couple times, where he got rocked real bad off the bat, and the ref was getting ready to jump, and he jumped in too fast, didn't control his body, and then he touched both fighters. Yeah, he touched. So them. once you touch the fighters, it's basically saying it's over because that fighter takes a pause and doesn't Absolutely. throw doesn't throw another shot that yep. could have ended the fight. That's so right. once that happened. Then he backed away and he land he landed another shot after that, even though he paused for a second. Now you have no but choice you're interfering to stop with the fight. fight. You're You've already interfered the fight. Yeah. So kind of put himself in a one. in a weird situation. That's why when people talk about with refs, it's difficult because I remember I remember telling this story a while ago. I said Jason Herzog was bouncing around so much I thought I was fighting two people one time. In the cage in a strike force fight a long time ago. But he's learned to settle his feet a lot. Oh, yeah, a lot. A lot. He's a way different ref now. That was early in his career. Yeah. But I look at I look at uh the ref that stopped that fight as well. He jumped, he was he small steps, like footwork when you're boxing. Slide an inch, it, don't slide a foot. Everything you know, is it, every so you have more control it's of your the Same body. thing. And this is what people yeah. don't get. Footwork in fighting and footwork in refing is very similar. And if you're if you're taking those giant leaps. It's probably going to put you in a bad spot. Yeah, slide your feet, move, shuffle your feet. You move your feet just like just like the fighter does. Well, because the here's the other thing: the refs are definitely not as athletic as the fucking fighters, and they move a lot too. And so, you, uh, if you jump a foot and they jump a foot towards you, you're fucked. You're yeah, fucked. You just be. put yourself right in the middle of the fight. Yeah. Uh, all right, look, I, I'm going to wrap up on this last fight because to me, it was a fun fight. It started off in the first round a little slow, not for Tim Wilde. But for uh, Alfie Davis, he just didn't get started fast enough, man. He could have won that first round. He was. I talked to him after. I said, you got to let it go, man. You're really good on the feet. Mix your punches and kicks and combinations. But to me, the story is Tim Wilde was winning the fight in the first round. 
grabs the fence, gets point deduction taken away. Now, I'm not saying he would have won the fight after that, but that did start to change the tide. Alfie started realizing that he's in this fight. Now with the point deduction, all I got to do is win the next two rounds. I mean, it was it was a good fight. It was fun back and forth. When they started letting it fly, they started letting it fly. The spinning back kicks, the, the head kicks, all of these things. Tim Wilde looked good. This is probably the best I've seen him look, even though he, he looked great. He looked great. I, his output, his confidence in his striking, all of those things. It was a fun fight for me. Alfie Davis got a little slow start, but then came on in the second and the third. I thought it was a fantastic fight. And, uh, I mean, I hope they actually just do an automatic rematch. I'd like to see that. It's, it being a draw, let's run it back. It, it was a great fight, but I'm going to say this. The referee was completely right in taking that point. Absolutely. Tim Wilde changed the course of a takedown. That takedown was going to happen. And he kept it from happening by the grab. That right there says, nope, you just changed the course of this fight. I can't put you where you know I want on the ground, but I can take a point from you because you altered that. He possibly could have done something different to keep this round in a different realm. So that was the right thing. The one thing I want to say about Alfie Davis, Alfie, there's, there's no difference between pulling, well, excuse me, there's a big difference between pulling your head back when you throw a shot and when you dip your head off center line, right or left, it's going to make your shot be longer. It's going to land with more power. He keeps pulling his head. His head That's is That's a karate taekwondo going, thing. I look know, this. and it's bad when it comes to fighting. The guys do it, though, John. I mean, look, at Leo Machida does it still at something years old, and I know he lost, but his whole career he's been doing it. <laughs> yeah, you know, And MVP's been doing it as well. I mean, a lot of those guys, they rely on their speed and their and their elusiveness with their feet. You know, what's his name? Uh, Steven Thompson. He still kind of does it. He slides out with his chin up in the air a little bit. You know, but they rely on their footwork because their whole life, all they've done is that type of footwork. They've never really learned to keep their chin down when they do it, though, I guess. Yeah. But either way, man, they're but all, it was a they're great all fight. good fighters. It was a great fight. It was a great uh, fight. All right, that's going to wrap up our uh, Bellator talk and conversation, and uh, let's move on to the UFC. All right, let's hop on over to Blahovich versus Rashik. Look, it was. I thought this was actually turning into a good fight. Yep. I th I thought Blahovich had the right idea as far as he was attacking the with the leg kicks. I thought his attacks with the leg kicks were. Uh, were good. I thought that Rakic was winning that first round until there was the moment he got touched. And I think it kind of turned it over into uh, Blahovich's uh, round. And then the second round, Rakic was winning. Yeah. And then you get into the third round and you have the, you know, the knee goes and this can happen. Sinead Kavanaugh sent me a text saying, you know, yeah, some of some of us are built to different things when we have those things happen and we don't stop. <laughs> oh, that's so mean, though. That's I so know, mean. but it's true. You know, you look and you go, she blew out her knee the same way and fought the entire fight. But you know, hey, this is unfortunately for Rakic, it happened, and it's not his fault. You know, and it's not you know, he you know, he went down. The referee did the right thing in stopping it. Because he wasn't in that position that he was looking to fight. He was looking to hold on to a, an injured knee. And Blahovich gets the win. I thought that the fight was starting to actually tail a little bit towards Rakic. Mm -hmm. I thought he was starting to do the things that he needed to do to possibly get that win. But, you know, you give it, give it up for Jan, man. He, he went in there. He fought a tough, you know, couple of rounds. 
he's able to get the win based upon the injury. And let's see where he goes from there. But all right, one of our favorite products, one of our favorite sponsors is Fume. Fume is an outstanding product that will help you stop your smoking, your vaping, get rid of that nasty habit. The Fume Prominent is a well-made, beautifully crafted wood piece that you will stick an essential oil core into and on a plane, on a train, anywhere. Josh was on a train with me. We could have been using our fumes that entire time. On the plane, you can use it. You can use it with your family in the car. You need to get healthy. You need to stop smoking. It is horrible for you. Aiden Power, who I work with, is a vapor, and I am bringing him a fume along with the essential cores because the flavors are great. There's peppermint, there's conquer, there's invigorate, there's bubbly lime that Josh loves. There's cherry, there's all these great flavors. Even in the uh, Christmas months, they bring out eggnog. They're just something that tastes good, makes you feel good. You get that nice aroma in your sinus cavity and it will help you stop the smoking that can end your life. Please do us a favor. Go to Breathe Fume. That is Breathe Fume with F-U-M. Don't put the E on it. Slash weighing in. Go there. Get 10% off by using the weighing in promo. If you use Fume, you will be happy that you did. It will change your life. It will make you healthier. And that's what life is about is enjoying the quality. This is a product that can help you. Please go to Breathe Fume. Buy it. Get it, use it, and get healthy now. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see everything that we wanted to see, and I feel really bad for Rakic as far as the knee injury. So I hope he gets that taken care of and he heals up quick. Very similar situation happened with Patrick Cote and Anderson Silva. Remember, he stepped yeah, back and yeah, boom, his knee yeah, just yeah. popped. Um, yeah. You know, you could probably even say Carlos Condit and T. Wood. He hurt yeah, his knee this, you know, same yeah. way. Yep. Uh, similar way anyways. Um, I think that had to do with a little bit more of the kicks. You know, because... <clears throat> This one with Rakic, it was the back leg. It wasn't the front leg. His calf was getting kicked left and right, but it was the back leg yeah, that buckled. No, it was the back. You're right. It's just a matter of how you planted it and how you, you know, it adjusts. I've had it happen before, not like that, obviously, but I've had it where my knees moved a little bit. I'm like, oh, crap, what is that? And then it, yeah. it's painful for about a couple of days, and then it goes away. But that looked nasty. His yeah. whole knee shifted forward, and then it slipped back yeah. in. You, you saw it slide out and then yeah. slide back. See, look, and some guys are built differently, man. And look, and Sinead taking the jab when she can, you know. But but here's the thing. I had a I had a buddy that I wrestled with in college. Okay, I had two buddies. Okay, Trevor Prangley being one. And, um, God, what was his name? Mark. Oh, I can't remember his last name. Anyways, he wrestled the whole damn national tournament with a torn ACL. Yeah. And he became well, a national champion. And I'm well, thinking to myself, Trevor tore his in the finals, and he couldn't continue. He's like, ah! You know, and, and Trevor's a tough son of a bitch. Sure. Sometimes it affects people differently. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, and it didn't look at – I was making the joke with Sinead, but it's a matter of you can have the same injury and it can affect you completely different than it affects somebody else. And, you know, I've, I've seen guys with no ACL compete for years, you know, and they're used to it. And they're used yeah. to, you know – balancing they're used to the shift in their knee and it doesn't bother them and they just go on and then you know one per, you know one person can have it to where that thing goes out they can hardly walk and they it's bad until they get it fixed so yeah again rackage you know he lost the fight but he didn't lose he got injured and he got injured in a freaky way you know yeah. like i said just heal up get better yawn did definitely have the the, the right game plan though attack that calf <clears throat> i i agree start doing some work i thought yeah, he did a good impressive. job with that 
All right, scroll down. Who we got next? Oh, this is oh, Ryan, Ryan Span. Span versus uh, Kutalaba. Yep. Ryan Span, look, he just he fought smart. Look, he got taken down. He's getting controlled. I thought, I thought honestly, I could see him looking around in the arena, just kind of like, okay, look, I, I've been here before. I've done this. Don't worry. I'm not too concerned. You know, I'm gonna eventually he's gonna leave an opening. I'm gonna get back up to my feet. I'm gonna get on the net. Whatever it is. He fought very composed, you know, for somebody who was put into a, a crappy situation right off the bat. And he, he did exactly what he needed to do. He just he waited for Kutalaba to make a mistake, and he did. And he, and he snatched it up and finished. Very nicely done, man, by him. Oh, it was a beautiful finish. It was, and it was, you know, it seemed to me more of a front choke than it was guillotine the way he applied it and everything. Yeah. But, I mean, just uh, it was on tight right away. You could see it, and it was Kutalaba tried to turn out of it. Didn't happen. It's always the guys you know, with Kutalaba. It's the guys that don't back off of him that do well against him. If you back off of him, he tends to really overrun you and everything. So mm-hmm. you know, he's a he's a skilled guy, especially when he gets in the top position. And he got in the top position against Span. He just wasn't able to do the same things as he's done in the past. So you got to give that credit to Span that he was able to, you know, have that and not be damaged by him in any fashion and get back to the point where he got that submission. You know, to me, that was a really nice win by Ryan Span. Very nice. Davy Grant versus uh, Luis Smolka. Goddamn, Davy Grant's a tough son of a bitch. <laughs> John, he's he, just tough. He's got heat, man. He throws. He some, does. He's got man. some power. Yeah. I mean, he was. It seemed like in that first round, he couldn't do anything wrong. Everything he threw was landing. It was like pushing Smolka around. I was like, man, Smolka just kept walking forward, took some big shots, just kept coming well, forward. And the second round started to change a little bit. You know, he started getting it. Smolka started landing some stuff, started touching him, started la- like started hitting him with the jab. Things were working in that in that second yeah, round. Yeah, second, second round, he actually started to turn it around. And he started he taking it? control of it. Would you say Smolka won the round? Uh, it was close. It was close. You know, I wasn't judging it that way, and so yeah. I, I don't want to. But it was a close round. I thought, you know, Davy started off good, and then because Davy won the first one, and then Smoker was doing really good. He was really coming on. I thought he was listening to his corner as far as you know how to attack. But the the leg kicks, that's yeah. what changed the course of it in the third round for him. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, I mean, he was throwing some heat, man. He just. It seemed like everything he threw is with bad intentions. And it's so weird because he throws everything kind of like a little bit long and loopy, but they find their mark. I was going to say, I was accurate. like, how are, you, how are you getting hit from that he's far away? Yeah. yeah, very accurate. On point. Nicely done, nicely done by him. He's, he's tough. He looks big for the weight. Maybe I'm wrong. He's 135 pounds. He looks kind of big for the weight. Eh, I, mean, I mean, he's yeah. kind of got a little like the barrel chest. But you yeah. know he's got real thin legs, real thin arms as far Broad as you know, shoulders. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Um, look, I thought this was probably one of the best fights of the night, which was a great fight. Oh, was was Hebus versus Chuk Kagan. I thought it was a great fight, man. They came after each other. I also had Chukagian winning barely though. Like I can yeah. see why it was a split decision. So, absolutely. But, man, I loved what they were both doing. They both had a lot of uh good striking. Good plans, you know. Uh, Hebus was doing some really good stuff on the ground. Was able to was able to get some takedowns, control a lot of the fight, you know, on the ground. But she was getting hit with the harder, cleaner shots on the feet, 
and she's got a hell of a chin. Chukagian's so, jab was was lighting her up throughout yeah, the fight. The straight right was lighting her up too, though. She oh, was too. landing that True. thing as well. I mean, the one-two yep. was there all day. Would have liked yep. to have seen Chukagian finish with the three. She kept on the one-two, one-two, and then finally he was kept. She finally remembered that it was coming. The two started pairing that off, but she, occasionally one or two would slip through. She needed to come yeah. with more of the more of the three as well. After you throw the two, throw the three, or you three, know maybe four. slide out or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So. Would have liked to have seen her mix it up a little bit more, but this is probably one of the best Chikagians I've seen fight in a long time. She looked good. I thought yeah, she looked, she had some power. She looked long. I she fought smart. I appreciated the yelling match at the end, too. Yeah, I know. Were Dude, that was so great. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it was so great. Uh, and that I was, was almost watching like, Monica Sellis plays tennis. Well, that was almost like Heba saying, all right, I'm going to start doing this to let people know I'm going after you, too. And it was yeah. actually kind of, you know, it was, it was entertaining. It really was. Yeah. I enjoyed the fight. It was a good fight. And like you said, it could have gone either way. I had Chukagian winning it. I know a lot of people are going to look and say, well, what about the ground and stuff? It's Hebus wasn't able to do a, a bunch once she got it there. And I thought that the striking of Chukagian, as far as especially like you're saying, that one-two landing, you could see the damage that she was doing yeah. overall you know, by the end of the fight. So, But a good fight. Um, okay, what other fights on here did you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about Michael Johnson versus Alan Patrick because that's what we were talking about, just what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. You want to look and say, this is why we say all the time, hey, man, quit throwing ones or the one, two. So, you know, sometimes even if you're not believing it, you got to go with that three and that four, and that's what Michael Johnson did, and that's how he got rid of Alan because – he ends up throwing a three punch, four punch combination, and it's that fourth one that lands on the mark and puts him down. When if he didn't throw it, you're never going to be in that position now yeah. to win the fight. So, I thought Michael Johnson actually looked good. He took some shots. There was you know both guys got rocked in the fight, but overall Michael Johnson looked really good. Man, he came back with a really nice win against a guy that you know has got power in his hands. We know that Patrick is strong. He's he's got you know. Uh, the ability to grapple also. Overall, I thought that was a, 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 a good win for Michael Johnson. I love the way he did it. Yeah, Michael Johnson's what? Can you look up how old he is? He's what, 36, 35, 36 years old? He's still 35. fast as hell. He's 35? He's still fast as hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he fought a very smart fight. That's what he needed to do. He got rocked a little bit in that first round. He got hit. He got sat back on his heels a little bit. But then, you know, he stayed composed, didn't come out there and chase. What I liked was – what this is this is uh, very important. What I liked about what he got in his corner, and I could hear when they put up Henry Hooft in the terms, Michael, don't just throw carelessly, right? Don't just keep throwing to throw because before that's what he would do, and then he would get tired in the end of the second yep. and in the third, yep. and then that's so, how he lost to uh, uh, the guy from – who no the guy from uh Alpha Male, your oh, Josh Emmett. Oh, Josh is that he started yeah. slowing down in that third round, and Josh was able to catch him. He yeah, this he time was winning that fight. Oh, he was dominating that fight. Josh yeah. Emmett didn't win a second of that fight, I don't think. But look, Michael Johnson in this fight, you could hear when Henry Hoof was like, "Hey, slow down, like keep your footwork, stop making big jumps." You guys, you have to remember, just like when refs jump in too much, when you you when you do big steps like that. That takes a lot of energy. 
You're class. having to jump further. And he's bouncing around so much. This time, they were yelling at him. Small steps slide in, small steps slide out. Okay, use your combinations, get out, and then small steps around. No reason to run around the cage trying to avoid contact. He He's so much faster than these guys. When they come close, bap, hit him, and then move left and right. I thought he fought a very good fight. Very good fight. Nice to see you back, Michael Johnson. Nice to yep. see you back. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to give a little honorable mention here to Andrea Lee and uh, Aro. I don't even know how you say her name. It's Arujo. They were calling it something else. I thought it was Arojo, but Arujo, Arujo, or something like this. Is how they said it. Shandarobo. Yeah, she. Uh, she's Verna tough, Zanderoba. man. Oh, that she girl is. is tough, and Andrea Lee is tough. She took some big shots. She, oh no, she I'm looked sorry. Like she was I, I screwed up. I was talking about a different fight. You're right. It's a Rujo, right? Uh, a Rujo. A Rujo. Yeah. I, okay, I thought it was. I thought they were saying a Rujo. Viviana Rujo. A Rujo. Okay. Uh, I think. Okay. Anyways, however they were pronouncing it last night, and then Lee. I thought this was a great fight, man. They were getting after each other. They were really trying to push it, but Andrew Lee had no answer for being on the bottom. She took too much damage. She started kind of falling to that towards the end of the first and the second. She started was the same that fight story. off though. She hurt. Viviana, I mean, she hit her with shots, brought the kick up. I thought, oh, it's going to be over. Nope. Yeah. Viviana was tough. But another thing, though, John, rushed in, yeah. rushed into it, and then ended up in a, in a clinch position, and it just not, didn't work out. you got to stay very composed. I, I was listening a little bit to what Dominic Cruz was saying. Like, that's why you've got to make sure you don't just run in and start doing stuff because that's how you get clinched up. That gives them a time to recover. Pick and choose your shots. I mean – I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up a little bit, but that's if you guys go back and watch my fight with Nate Diaz, hit him, rock him, right? Don't run in, track, 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 slide in small little steps, land the shot that you want, get him to go down, and then try to finish and flurry from there. In that situ in this situation, she just rushed right in, just too, took away all the space, got grabbed up and locked up, and then lost the position and the dominance of being able to get the finish and the knockout. Yep. So you just got to be very – don't get over-anxious in those type of situations that she did. So, you know, and then the rest of the fight just would change. Takedown after takedown and just control from the top and no, no answer for it. Um, after, we've already talked about Verna does what Verna does, locks up people, takes them down. You know, she had a couple good ankle lock tries, I think, in the first round. Yeah. But just continue to go on. Angela Hill, I don't know. She's always in the fight, but she's always – just not enough. I, I don't, I don't, ah. I get frustrated she's, for her because she's good. I feel bad for her because she's like the, she's the, the fighter that always loses the split decisions. I don't know why. Yep. Yeah. And, and she's a good fighter and she's really become a really well rounded fighter because look, in the past, if you had taken Angela Hill and put her against John DeRoba, she'd have gotten submitted. Yeah. And, you know, she's really gotten way better as far as her overall game her striking is sharp it's just that she just can't get to that point where she's the one that's you know in control of the round the whole way and stuff but mm. yeah, it was a good fight it was fun to watch. uh this young kid tyra against uh carlos yeah. candelara candelario yeah. uh he looked good he seems he like a baby john Dude, he did. he's so young he 22 out. years oh old Gosh, I saw him. I was like, oh my gosh, you are a baby, my friend. Um, really good on the ground, really composed. He's got to be very cautious, though. I saw a little bit of that swagger to him when he came in. Like, okay, this guy can't do anything to me. It almost like he almost seemed like he could have finished the fight at any time, but he just he didn't, or not that he meant to, but like he just 
he wasn't tight enough on a lot of things. He kept, you know, Candelario just kept escaping, escaping, escaping. But he Candelario was actually did some good stuff in that fight. He did. He really did. You know, I was, you got to give him credit, man. He was in some bad spots. He turned those around. He fought his ass off throughout the whole thing. Yeah, he lost the decision, but he really he uh, he represented himself very well. I thought. Yeah. Um, and then Petrovsky. Oh, dude. See, and this is where maximum. people think, you know, that anaconda choke as far as the way it was set up, it was set up before you had him, you know, trying to turn it to the side because he had taken and he put his arm across. You saw when he locked it up, he started squeezing and then he set the, the lock on it. You can see when he set the lock, but it was already tight. So it was already yeah. applying the pressure. And uh, a lot of people were like, how did that work when he didn't grab the leg or anything like that? You don't always have to have the leg. It's yeah. nice if you do. Because that way you're holding them. It's a how you know everyone's squeeze is a little bit different, and then just the ability to crush that head down into that arm on its own. That was a great win because you know Maximov coming out of Stockton, you know with the Diaz brothers stuff, he's been looking good. He was undefeated at that point, so that's a big win for uh, Petrosky. Yeah, it is a big win. But look, I look at it this way too: the Anaconda is more of a squeeze type position, right? Whereas the yep. Dars is more of a technique of pushing the arm across and then tucking the head underneath. Yeah. So in this one with the Anaconda, it's more of that squeeze, and that's it's a to the truth got name. one. And he seemed like he obviously has a very tight squeeze because he got it locked in, and it seemed like he was almost out as soon as they hit the ground when he rolled him to the side. I mean, yep. this that squeeze was super tight. All right, guys. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk as well. We're going to jump into some news. And, uh, man, John, it's good yes. to be back. It is good it's to good be back. It's good to be back. It's nice to be yeah. in our studio. I have to, yeah. I have to just say, I want to say, guys, I want to thank you guys for being so patient with us while we're on the road. We know the mics. We're working on the mic situation, too. It's not the best quality and sound. But we've got a, we're working on some new head mics with the microphone to make it better for you guys so we can actually uh, – hear each other a little better as well and just you know not the echo of the hotel room all of those things being involved so we're going to work on this type of stuff to make sure that we fix it because john and i got a lot of traveling come up sometime around september october seems like we got a couple more overseas shows so we may be stuck back to back weeks again um so who knows if that's the case then uh you know hey we'll just uh do what we're doing do what we do yeah, try to, and so try is to it right some... to say that you guys and only have june now and then nothing till september no, no, we have June, July, and August. So, okay. uh, yep. But There's it's just one show nice. a month. Yeah, we've got June, end of June, July. Sounds like going to be like around July 12th, I don't know, is what it seems like the date is. They haven't announced that one yet. And then August, I think, maybe August. No, sorry. August is August 12th. So that's in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And then September is Dublin. There there may be an ad show in there as well, another ad added show in there. And then um, it sounds like maybe October. I won't. I won't say October because I haven't announced it yet. So, all right, let's get into some news. All right, uh, this first story: Rumble is announcing that he is back. Um, he talks about you know the long journey and um, you're going to see a different him and all that. And he's looking. He's looking pretty good. Yeah, he looks like he's lost a little bit of weight. He's kind of slendered out a little bit. I talked to him while you know he came out of the hospital, and I talked to him a couple weeks in a row, and. Said he was feeling better, you know, but he's going to very much take his time. So they don't expect to see him back, I think, you know, before the end of the year. Look for him to take his time. Look for him to really make sure his body's feeling good. All of these things being said, he's got to make sure that his uh, that he is healthy enough to make sure he can continue to fight. So we'll see. That's it. Yeah, you know, first off, it's just good to see him. 
Yes, he is slimmer. Who cares? It's a matter of it's his health is the most important thing. Fighting is secondary. So, Rumble, you're out there, brother. Just keep walking forward like you always do, man. And, uh, best of luck in your recovery. And it's good to see you out there actually working out again. With this right here, though, John, the way you see his face, the way you see his body, a return to 170? No, stop. <laughs> Don't do it. No. Let's go. Let's no. go. Maybe 185. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> Maybe 185. Maybe 185. You know. Hey, him and Fabian Edwards would be a good fight. Him and anybody is a good fight. Yeah. Man, you better be able to take a shot. That's for yeah. sure. Well, All right, next. Guys, you know, Paul Daly, baby, right there. Same thing. <laughs> right, right. I'd like to know how many knockouts he's got. I'd have to look him up. Let's see. I mean, up. yeah. How Paul many knockouts Daly? does – no, uh, Paul Daly's got 35. No, Rumble. Yeah. How many does he have? He's got to have a lot, man. I'd say 15, 16, somewhere around there. Maybe. Oh, there we go. I had it on there. Uh, he just had him in different order. 17. 17, yeah, 15, 16, 17. See, see that, that's my point. Look, is Rumble Johnson not a knockout artist? Yeah. As good, you know, and Paul Daly has got double. More, more than double. He's got, yeah, he's got double. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, next one. All right, let's uh, look at Evander Holyfield's son. Um, <sighs> suffered a knockout at the trailer event. Um, I wanted to show you guys the highlight just so you could... Well, let me zoom in on this and mm -hmm. then uh, pull up this highlight for you and then play this one. You guys can see it, yeah? Uh-huh. His arm's trapped under him. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard, man. Young kids that have fathers that are athletes or they were fucking. Especially when they were that level, that good, yeah. did so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's a rough one. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't envy any any child who has a father that's been an athlete like that. You know, I just feel I feel bad to be honest. It's, it's rough. It's gonna be it's gonna be tougher for that child if he wants to do whatever the sport is that the, that the dad did. Yeah, you know that's gonna be well, tough. I mean, he, if you take, go ahead. If, I'm you, sorry. if you if you take if you take if you I mean like if the child wants to do something else. I mean I I, I would understand like you know being in water polo baseball instead of that i mean whatever it is you know yeah. lacrosse i mean being an athlete at that level and something like that baseball football you know if your father was a, a fighter i don't know i know I, I think it's so it's harsh criticism too in in the fight game you know really? oh your dad was this and like look at i mean like julio cesar chavez jr uh he, he he deserves a lot of the criticism that he gets because of the stuff that he does outside the cage, right? Yes. Like you're you're good. You're you could be good. You know, not I mean, you probably won't be no. as good as your dad. He's but a you good could fighter. be good. He's a good yeah. fighter. Yeah. But all the other stuff that goes along with it. But these other fighters that are trying to be what their dad is and not able to live up to it, that's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be hard. And there's there's be been hard. a lot of them. And and it's it's like you say, if if he had tried to be a baseball player, football player, Water polo, basketball, it doesn't matter. People will still say, well, your dad was a great athlete. You know, you know you're not as good an athlete. They may say that. When you walk in the same footsteps as your father, though, and you enter the sport that your father was so well no known for, that's mm -hmm. a rough one. That is yeah. a rough one. You know, and, and we've seen a lot of, you know, 
Joe Frazier, his son Marvis Frazier got you know people don't the one of the most brutal knockouts. Mike Tyson fought Marvis Frazier, you know, and knocked him out brutally. You know, and, and these are the things that happen. And, you know, George Foreman's son actually started, you know, boxing too. And it's just, you know, Ali's daughter did, you know, yeah. but she was very successful with it. So it's a tough one. It's tough to walk in, in those same footsteps. You know, I always say try to make your own. You know, yeah. It's, it's just better, but. Yep. Next. All right. Um, in the same vein, we're going to look at Frank Gore from the NFL. <sighs> Also went in boxing um, this past weekend, and uh, he got knocked out. It was a pretty nasty one too. Let me. He zoom. got knocked out. Uh, yeah. Let me zoom in here and get play this one for you too. No, he's not a big guy. No, he is. That's Frank in the. Oh, that's not Frank Gore. That's Frank Gore's Frank the one. Gore. That Frank Gore's the one. He's the one that knocks out the, the other shots. guy. That's oh, the Frank. Headline, the headline. The headline said otherwise. Oh, guess no, what? Says the, Frank, guy, the guy Frank with Bovada, clean, vicious yeah, yeah, right the, hand. Yeah, you're reading the tweet. You're reading the tweet. I'm, I thought the headline read the other way. <laughs> no, Frank Gore landed no. huge. No, Frank okay. Gore wears the 49er colors. Yeah. Oh yeah, that dude. Even though he played for like over. a thousand other teams, <laughs> he could still be playing in the league, man. It's crazy. Like he, yeah. he was one of those guys. He's he's dude. He's one of the best running backs that ever played ever. the game. Yeah. You know, it's so good. Take a look. Coming from what the University of Miami, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude yep. was a stud. He played at the, with San Francisco for a while. He used to come to AK and do boxing there. You know, mm-hmm. um, he trained, came over to AK. Used to work with a guy named Gary Owens that was a kickboxer out of our gym, and mm-hmm. Gary used to hold mitts for him and work with him. And um, man, he he was good. Man, he was athletic. He was good. He was he threw straight punches. He fought though in the in the one of the last trillers, I think it was, yeah. and it was like. He fought David Williams, right? A, bo- a basketball player. Basketball. player. I think he just had a hard time with just the the length, the the length, and the in the snap on the punch, whatever it was. The size also was a big difference. That the height difference was uh, pretty significant. But uh, he came out. He, he ended up losing that fight. But then I think if he fights people his real size and not gimmick fights, I think he'll have a good opportunity. I'm not saying he's going to be a, a champion. No. I'm saying that he can fight guys like this and get wins. Sure. So good for him, man. I'm a big fan yeah. of Frank Gore. Good guy, super nice guy. He came to the Bellator Miami fight. Yeah. Oh, not Miami. Sorry, uh, Fort Lauderdale fight that we were out there in, in Florida. He was there, yeah. so I got a chance to hang out with him for a little bit and chat with him. So super good guy. Uh, all right, next. Uh, I wanted to show you guys this one and get your reaction. Did you guys see Michael Chandler's response to Dustin <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. Poirier? That was because uh, Michael the Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Uh, oh, speaking man. of Michaels and Chins, congrats to Michael Johnson on his KO tonight because they're teammates, which is yep. a nice way of spinning it. Good job, Michael Chandler. First KO, clean performance. Michael earned a performance in the night bonus. Hashtag Chin history. <laughs> I love it. I, you know, yeah. hey, I would love to see that fight, though. Michael I would. Chandler and Dustin Poirier, that's a great fight. I would like to see that fight. That would be a good fight. I look at it. Fight. I look at it. I remember I told you. I think either Chandler fights Dariush or he fights Dustin. Not I want to see one I, of those two fights. I don't think huh? so. I think I think Chandler's going to end up fighting Diaz. I don't know, really. I kind of do. That's not a good fight. I, look, Chandler could beat him, but it's not a good fight for Chandler. And I, I think in a fight like that, would it be a, would it be five rounds? Now three rounds. I think I think he's got a good chance. I, I think I think he. I think it, also, he wins three it would also be at 170. It won't be at 155. Oh, uh, that's true. I don't know. I don't know, man. 
I can't tell you. I can't tell you. You know, <laughs> it's one of those things. I mean, that's a big fight. Yeah, that's a big, big fight, fight, though. If he does fight Diaz, that's a big fight. I don't. I don't know if they're gonna give him Chandler because then if, if he beats if if Diaz beats him and then right off rides off rides off into the sunset, that well, you kind of ruined your one of your number one contenders. And Michael's a fun fight. You know, he's a fun fighter to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying you ruined him like he's out, whatever. But now you lost to a guy who's who's not who's not ranked. Okay, what do we do with you? And it's at 170. Yeah, the, sure, maybe uh, it doesn't affect right, your 155 right, status, but his last fight was against who? Leon Edwards. That's a ranked fighter. Leon. Oh, oh, no, you're Nate, talking about Nate. Nate? Okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about. Oh no, okay, no, no, I'm talking about Chandler. I'm talking about Chandler, though. Yeah, but I'm saying the UFC gave Nate a highly ranked, yeah, 170 pound fighter. Yeah, I don't think they care about. Where, where Chandler's ranked at. I think being highly ranked, they kind of like it. I think they believe that his wrestling will be a difference. And yeah, it will be. Maybe it will be. And he's look, you got to admit, he's hard to submit. No one yeah, has. And he's I, don't think Nate's, I don't think Nate's subbing him. I don't either. I don't either. think Nate's subbing him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's the only. he's one of the only guys to actually just jump into Charles Oliveira's guard. You know, be like, okay, I'm cool here. So yeah. it's, hard to, it's hard to sub someone who's got fucking traps to their ears. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, and if you arm bar him, I think I have said this before, he'll just fucking curl you. <laughs> you know, it's like, I got you. He's fucking, he's strong as fuck, you know, yes. explosive as hell. Uh, but it's fun to see them bantering back and forth. I'd like to see that fight. I'd like yeah. to see that fight more so than the Nate fight, but um, whatever. We'll see. I'd like to see the Dariushin Chandler fight, though, as well, because the two of them are crazy. Neither one of them fight at a pace. They both just fight recklessly. So that would be a great fight. Yep. All right, next. Uh, okay, this next one. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts and reaction to this. Uh, Chill Sonnen thinks that the Carla Esparza and Rose Namajunas trilogy has to happen, um, basically to, to to close it out between them. Um, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I I honestly think that Chill's right. It does have to happen. And I know it's people are going to look and say that Carla's got, she's got two fights against Rose and two wins. Why would she need uh, a third one? Well, she took her title in this last one, and a lot of people weren't satisfied with it. Fifty percent thought that Rose won, fifty percent, you know, felt that Carla won, and it was just not a good fight. They both stuck to their game plans. They both, uh, you know, fought a intelligent fight for them and trying to get their opponent to fall into what they wanted. It just didn't turn out to be a good fight. It doesn't mean that the third one wouldn't be a good fight. I truly believe, and I, I could, people could say that I'm wrong here. Carla Esparza has got two wins against Rose Namajunas. And I truly believe that Rose Namajunas is the better fighter. Yep. Now styles make fights and that's, you know, that's, I'm not saying anything bad against Carla. Carla's a great fighter. But Rose Namajunas is a, I mean, she got some special skills. She's really good at the fight game, and her she proved that with her wrestling when Carla went to take her down at times, you know, and her ability to get right back up. And then she took Carla down. She's got a very good submission game. I think that if that fight was put back together, I think that Pat Barry. And Trevor Whitman would come up with a little bit of a, you know, a little alteration to the game plan that they had and would 
institute a couple of different elements that would make it a more interesting fight. And I think it would it's a fight that needs to happen. You're yeah, I have, I have. No, no, I have to agree with you. I do. I have to agree with you. I have to agree with Chael as well. As I, I do. I think the fight needs to happen. Just don't expect the numbers to be good. It's going to have to be a co-main. They can't play yeah. it as a main event. It's I gonna agree have with to that. Be, yeah, there's just there's just no way around them being the main event. Like you can't no. do it. Like people are not clamoring to watch that fight again. It will not sell. You won't even be able to put it. They'll have to put it at the apex if they're going to have it as a main event. I don't even know if you could have it at the apex as a main event. People are so jaded by what just happened. They're like, yeah, I have no desire to watch that fight again. So they have to stack the card. They have to stack another, you know, a couple other good fights on there for people to really want to tune in if they're going to well, be the could, main event. You could you could put it in one of those shows where, you know, they do the big show and they have the three championship fights, which they've done yeah. several times, in, you know, lately and stuff. Put it as that first championship fight because it's the next, you know, two are going to sell. I don't know. I, I just, I truly believe that Chael's right. I think the fight needs to happen again. Yeah, I look at it a little bit differently. You said that Rose is the better fighter. Rose is the better fighter now. The first time they fought, Rose wasn't the better fighter. I think Carla was the better fighter in terms of I, how she fought. You know, I agree she, with that. With the wrestling, the control, the, all those things, Rose, uh, Carla was the better fighter then. Yes. Now, Rose, to me, showed and proved to me that she's the better fighter all the way around. Yes. Was able to get a takedown, was able to stuff takedowns, was able to bounce back up to her feet. She just didn't pull the trigger. And that's what drove everyone crazy. And we knew yeah. that she was in shape because the way she was able to scramble every time Carla tried to take a shot, she was like, boom, boom, right to her hip, boom, back up to her feet, boom. Like it was, it, she made it look so easy. It's like, well, look, if you're having that much dominant like position control, why not do a little bit more? Make her fight out of those positions. And she just wasn't. And it was frustrating, I think, for a lot of people that were watching the fight, including us. But uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I agree. Agree with you. I mean, so it's, we we have some of the MMA uh, websites that put it out there that John McCarthy blames Rose Namajunas's corner for her loss. It's like I didn't blame her corner. I blame the fact that they were telling her you're winning when you can't tell yeah. someone you're winning if you're not that judge. Don't do it unless it's clear that you know that was an easy round for you to say yes, we won that round. But. I, I understand their game plan. I think, you know, they, I think she stuck to their game plan almost to the point of a little bit too much. She was just too cautious, as you were saying. She just didn't pull the trigger enough. She wasn't offensive enough, and that's that's the rose that we're used to. Yeah. I think if they, you know, take her back into the gym, a couple little tweaks, I think she's there. I agree. I agree, but she's got to be able to do it while she's in the cage. Yeah, Next. Absolutely. All right, let's wrap up on this fun one. Um, Nate Diaz, uh, I'm on the wrong mouse. Uh, Nate Diaz <laughs> tweeted out a picture of himself t doing what looks like taking a pee behind a no. Who was taking that trash can? Um, and he tweets out taking a piss on the UFC PI. I could do I could do this because I get paid more than all all you all you guys, guys. all you guys. Yeah. And, and they, they won't, won't cut, cut me. me. He's, and he's pushing the buttons, man. Oh, Poirier man. responds you to the tweet saying, him. a real man would have shit there. <laughs> oh, <geez>. Look <laughs> at wait, Dust, Dustin just up in the ante, man. <laughs> so, Don't okay. tease Nate Diaz with a good time, though. He may fucking do it. That's the oh, thing I about know, him. Man. You know, when, uh, I, when I talk about fighters that have done it their way, like I did with Paul Daly, Nick and Nate are the same. 
Oh yeah. You know, that's why I think that's why the the Paul Daly and Nick fight was so good. The two of them, they just they do things their way. They fight, they their life is lived their way. They fight the the way that they want. They do whatever the hell they want. And they're right. And, and Nate just is right. He's like, yo, I get paid more than all you guys. And so it's, it's like, go ahead, cut me. Let me go. Whatever. He doesn't give a shit. You know? And here, the biggest example of being the way he is is because when you look at what happened with the George Masvidal fight, remember when they said that he had tested positive for something? He's like, fuck you. I'm not fighting. We won't take care of this afterwards. No, we're going to take care of it right now. Otherwise, I'm not fighting. That changed everything. That let everyone know that... The UFC is one way when they need something done, and then at the end, they'll flip it. And that to him, he just like, I've seen him. He says it all the time. I see right through you guys, man. I see exactly how you guys are. Fuck no, you're not going to sandbag me after the fight and say that I'm a cheater when I'm not. This type of shit, he understands. I don't, he's, he doesn't, he kind of needs the UFC, but he doesn't need the UFC. He lives a very simple lifestyle, and if he takes care of his money and takes care of himself, I think he's just fine. And I think he knows that. And anywhere else he goes after this, he will be a draw, and he will make a lot of money. Whether he's to go to Bellator, whether he's to go to fight Jake Paul, whether he's to go to anywhere else and do whatever the hell he wants to do, the kid will make a ton of money because he's got a name. He's And he and the way he comes across. Shit, if he started his own fucking YouTube channel, John, he'd be a fucking celebrity overnight. The kid, like... He would be, be, you know, like people would be following him around, taking cameras, spend his money doing that. People would love to see all that shit. Being honest. No, he's like, I just have one word for Nate Diaz. Fun. He's, (laughs) the whole thing, it's just fun. It's true. When he fights, it's fun. When he does things outside of the cage, it's fun. And sometimes really funny, but. Crazy. All right, man. Well, hey, make sure you guys go to wayneandpodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch that's available. We've got coffee mugs, hooded sweaters, sweatshirts. Sweatshirts. Sweaters. sweaters. No, sweatshirts. Not a sweater. Okay. I don't know. Same thing. Whatever. So I have (laughs) short sleeve, long sleeve shirts. We've got them in all different colors. Gray, heather gray, white, black. John's favorite color is black. So... Pick them up. We've got all our logos up there. We've got our original OG logo as well. And as today, I'm wearing the free cane because we has court this morning at 9 a.m. Oh, yeah. So free cane, hashtag free cane. Look, all you guys are hitting us up going, hey, where do I get the free cane shirts? You guys, the website is Lion Not Sheep. Lion's Not Sheep. Lion's Not Sheep. That's the only website, okay, that is allowed to sell the free cane shirts that all the proceeds, all the proceeds go to Kane's family and attorney fees and all that stuff. So if you guys are interested in buying hats, shirts, all that stuff, go to Lions Not Sheep. The owner of that and the one that is helping this is Dan Caldwell, who is the guy who also started Tap Out with all the other guys that were involved in that as well, with Charles and those guys. Yep. So he is the only one that has came to to uh, Kane's family and said, hey, I will do all of this free of charge. Don't worry about it. I want to make sure you guys get all the money you guys can to help with these fees. So Lions Not Sheep, I think it's lionsnotsheep.com. Check them out. Okay, they're the only ones that are available for selling this t-shirt and the hats and all the other apparel that goes along with it. So if you guys are looking to support, let you guys know that. Uh, Everything else, John, is that it? Nothing else. Everything's good. It was good spending the last two weeks in Europe with you. We had some fun, but it's <laughs> nice bikes. to be home. It's really nice to be home. <laughs> so for everyone out there, do me a favor. Be kind to someone. Make someone's day special. I don't care what you do for them. Little things go a long way, and we will see you.